0: Learn more online at MediaMakingChange.org I'm Rachel Miller-Howard. On today's show, we're joined by Paul Henry Grice III, who is the co-founder of Liberation Literacy, an organization that works to reimagine the relationship between incarceration, our community, and ourselves.
1: This is Phil Bussy. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am joined in the studio by Paul Grice. Paul?
2: Paul Henry Grice III. <laughs> right. Here we go.
1: And 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 uh, right before we went on the air, you why did you say you like to have your full name?
2: Oh, man, because uh, I was incarcerated for four and a half years, man. Um, and that's all over the state of Oregon. I was at Two Rivers Correctional Institution. I was at OSP, and I was at Columbia River Correctional Institution. That's down, like, down the street. Um, and they wouldn't ask you for your name. Like they wouldn't address you as anything. So my ID was my was my name. And they'd be like, hey, show me your ID. And it was one five zero seven five one. one five nine eight zero seven five one. So um, that's how I was identified for four and a half years. And I know that there's power in my name. So I like to say my whole name. Paul Henry Grice the Third. That's me. Hello. Ola. Who,
1: who is Ola? Uh, who is the the uh the founder? Liberation Literacy, which is uh um it's a newsletter, it's a it's a program it's a project why don't you explain what it is and then let's talk about how it came about gotcha those are those are two big questions
2: co-founder first you want to knock that one out bow yes co-founder let's do it um so Garrett filber he was um he was a professor at michigan actually when he uh when he did this or he graduated from michigan and he brought this class into social injustice into columbia river um and he did this for about a year he did this for about a year before i was involved and um at that time they just like kind of did i'm not gonna say did anything but then they kind of just you know did a class which was effective let me not get that wrong but then when we came the next year uh, i was involved and there were other um other men like drill there were other men like Carl Armstrong Joshua Joshua um, and myself who have um, a little bit more a little bit more like to be passionate about because while you incarcerated somebody that comes in every week and sees you and calls you by your name that's powerful so then at that time it became a family and we push forward with it like we made it not just a class then we went to a newsletter then we went to uh movie nights and then we went to um well we just got back from harvard we we just went and spoke at harvard at beyond the gates um conference and cambridge so it's a movement now so it went from like a class to a movement to our or class to family to a movement and uh, garrett was one of the ones who brought the class introduced the class to crci
1: and, and, and now it's, it's not so easy, easy uh, on the inside as it is on the outside to get something like that started. I mean, well, you, you, you have to ask for permission. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah, and so I mean, so getting a movie night yes. has to have layers of bureaucracy that you are pushing
2: through. It's it it really is. Um, um so even speaking for the first night that we ever had this class offered to us and at that time it was just called the Malcolm X class. Like it was a call out that says Malcolm X. Okay, no problem. Um but it was the first night they had a list that got verified through the um through the program director and everybody was denied that night except Garrett. So there's 12 people that are at a gate to get inside to um, have a conversation with people that are incarcerated and and really show value to that person or value to that connection of incarcerated person and community. And they were all denied a uh, movie night. We get to the movie nights. Um, you got to keep the lights on. You cannot be sitting too close. We want inmates on one side. And it was just it's a whole gambit of not only um, systematic, but personal um, systems that we fight against. Because there's CEOs that come in there and basically think that we don't deserve to be human. Or we don't deserve those chances to have a movie night with somebody that's not incarcerated. So we fight against a lot of different systems and um, policies, I guess.
1: And, and and was the motivation for, was it for expression? Was it for uh, uh, an opportunity for... Uh, redemption, or to learn a new skill. What, what, what was motivating you to uh, go first to the to the class, and then to organize a movie night, and then and then eventually uh, the newsletter?
2: Oh yeah, most definitely. So, um, my motivation. I graduated thirty five programs while I was incarcerated for four and a half years, and uh, I give all glory to God, man. I, I praise God for that because that was a difference in, in my life. But with that, it's saying that there weren't too many people who accomplished those goals while I was there. Um, so that put me in a different bracket. Um, so now I am at a minimum facility and there's classes that are available. So I'm looking to fill my schedule to stay active because my motivation was distance, creating distance between the man that walked in that gate and the man that walked out. And I know that I needed help for that. So when I did that, um, it was like a class that was just offered. Uh, and the program director actually, LaCarney, she actually came to me and was like, hey, well, you should be in this class. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Um and when I joined the class they gave me a Malcolm X book and the week before and it was like, Hey, read it and then you'll have a conversation next week. Okay, cool. So then Garrett comes in and Garrett is a white guy and like, hey, I'm here to talk to you about Malcolm X and I'm like, Man, what the <laughs> what the world? Come on, man. You gotta you man, you gotta say something, man, for this for me to stick around. And he talked he talked to me about the Hegel dialect, about the dialect between slave and slave master. Like you can't have a slave and then have a slave master. Like both people are oppressed. And a lot of the point of view or perspective is that the slave would be the one that had a mindset of only seeing himself one way when really it's the slave master as well who only can see himself one way. So that, that kind of um, combination of things kept everybody oppressed and um, it created damage. I mean, not to say that we didn't, we got America from it. Right. But, but in the same sense, it's um, I was taught something that it took years to even gain. So I had, I had an opportunity to start being challenged. And while incarcerated, the programs there, they suck. They like, oh, so we have a class for you today. So how do you feel? I feel great. Oh, okay. Now revise that. How else? Uh, mm-hmm. I feel even better than yesterday. Oh, you passed. Go here. Here's, your, here's the <laughs> certificate. Go ahead. And it was like, these are cupcake you know, programs at times that just talked about feelings. And I understand that I had to address those issues. But I didn't get challenged in a way to make me rethink the way I think and rethink my position in the community. And now, and now you
1: take this shift, though, in philosophy, and, and you're building something out of that. Most definitely. So with this newsletter,
2: um, we use our voice to make a difference. There, um, So the prison gates and walls are not, not just designed to keep people in. It's designed to keep people out. Like, if you understood how your tax dollars were being spent, there's a gentleman named Josh right now that has had— um, Real medical issues and they're not giving him assistance. So how would you feel if your son, your brother, your cousin, anybody that you love was in a position uh, that committed a crime but yet has bettered himself and is making an effort to have that atonement, have that redemption, and he can't even make it out alive to even do it? because of the medical situation there. Um, so with this, um, with this newsletter, it started out as just being something that, um, like I said, we did a book review at the local, like the inside of a prison at CRCI, and it got censored. So then we kind of understood our power from there, like, okay, they want to censor us. Well, let's create our own newsletter. And from that, we have um, Liberation Literacy's newsletter. Uh, this is the second volume. Uh, we had one out last year, and this is our second one. So there is progress with it. Um, and the movie nights, um, they continue every month in CRCI. We have a class every Wednesday inside, and we have an outside meeting now that runs once every first Sunday at the Yale Union Station from 3 to 5.
1: So I'm going I'm to keep talking about the newsletter for a bit. Let's and, go. And, and it's, uh, it's a little tricky. We're yes. on radio. Uh, and and this is not just words, but it's it's uh, very visual as well. The the cover has uh, a, a, a sketch on it. There's some photographs. There's Angela
2: Davis, uh, Harriet Tubman, and Sitting Bull, mm-hmm. and sketches throughout. Yes, most definitely.
1: Uh, it is on your website. I mean, you have a you have a PDF that you can yes, check out. Yes,
2: we have a PDF. We have it on the um www.liberation.literacy. Um, dot weebly dot com. So we have a Weebly account. If you just Google Liberation Literacy, just click on the Weebly account, and uh, it'll get you right there. And now, you know, just just
1: looking through it, I mean, you uh, you talked about the first one was censored, or your book review, yeah, was book review, yes. Uh, was this censored, or I, I mean, what's now? You don't now now you have control of it. Are you able to distribute it in the prisons?
2: No. No, we we accept. uh, We don't accept. But right now we celebrate our small victories. That is actually the plan to move forward is to be able to distribute this throughout the prison system. So not only here in Oregon, but just nation, uh, you know, nationally, um, because people need to be heard. Um, There's a lot of people that get forgotten about. Um, while being incarcerated. And this is an opportunity for people um, right right now. We, we not cater to, but this is offered through CRCI. And we're going to work with Coffee Creek, which would be the women's facility for them all to have a voice, put their words into action. And then somebody like myself who comes out and promotes it and gives it out and, you know, um, make sure that they are getting heard that their victories, their uh, success, their struggles are not forgotten about. Um, the censorship that we go through right now, it's, con- it's, it's tricky in a way because we're, we're gaining momentum in a way. So now, like, people kind of want to like attach their name to us. Like, oh, yeah, we were supporting them a long time ago. Like, no, you weren't. You were the one who censored our first issue. So it's it's a crazy obstacle field right now. It's a crazy minefield, actually, to, to be exact, because it's like one wrong step can shut down the whole program because we're dealing with security. We're dealing with uh, people that are incarcerated and we are dealing with the community, which is like a fragile um, conversation just by itself. Uh, this is the nonprofit happy
1: hour on X-Ray FM Paul Henry Grice III yes, is the yes, co founder of Liberation Literacy, which is just the tip of the iceberg of of a lot more that is going on. Uh let's take a quick music break. You have a song suggestion for
2: us. Yeah, man, I like uh If I Ruled the World by uh by Nas and, and Lauryn Hill. Uh I, I think that, that kinda that kinda brings a different attitude to the situation. So I like that
3: song. <laughs> Imagine going to court with no Imagine law with no undercovers, just some thoughts for the mind. I take a glimpse into time, watch the blimp read, the world is mine. If I rule the world, imagine that. Imagine, that, imagine, that, imagine that. I free all my sons. I love them, love him, baby. Black diamonds and balls. Could it be, if you could be mine, we both shine. If I rule the world still, world, still living for today, in these last days until no we're to be. Paradise life relaxing. Black, Latino, and Anglo-Saxon. Imani exchanged the range. Cast, lost, tribal, shabazz. Free at last. Brand new whips to crash. Then we laugh in the iller path. The villa houses for the crew. How we do? Trees for breakfast. Dime sexes have been stretches. So many years of depression make me vision. The better living type of place to raise kids in. Opening eyes to the lies. History's told foul. But I'm as wise as the old owl. Plus the gold child seeing things like I was controlling. Click rolling. Tricking six digits on kicks and still. Trips to Paris. I civilized every savage. Give me one shot. I turn trite life to lavish. Political prisoners set free, stress free. No work release. Purple and threes and jet skis. Fill the wind breeze in West Indies. I think Coretta Scott King mayor the cities and reverse things to willies. it sound foul, but every girl I meet I go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica. Send them to Africa.
2: This is the
1: Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussia. I am joined in the studio by Paul Henry Grice III, who is co-founder for Liberation Literacy. Before the music break, we were talking about the newsletter. Um, yes, sir. How unique is this? You were talking about how difficult it is to get into uh, the hands of people who are incarcerated currently. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, how fragile that is. Yes. Uh, with With the bureaucracy that's there and some of the sensitivities. How unique is it? Is there anything, uh, is, is there a newsletter, is there a journal like this that is distributed that you know of?
2: No, there, um, there, there is not one newsletter that I can say that is put together front to back by people that are incarcerated. Um, the art, the, um, the literature, um, even the books on the back uh, are part of our curriculum. It's, uh, it's not just set-based. Like, say like a, like a college base would be like, hey, you're going to read this book, you're going to write an essay. Hey, you're going to read this book, you're going to write an essay, and then you pass. This is kind of like at our own free will to say, what do you want to learn about? How can we be effective as people? Um, part of uh, the newsletter that it is attached to that makes it unique is that we have a Freedom Library. So the Freedom Library is at CRCI, and we have over 650 books. And uh, this was a, put together by a book drive by Kathleen Gable uh, High School. Shout-out to Kathleen Gable. Hey. See you. Uh, but they helped us in a way that really, um, that really changed the game. And what I mean by that is saying that while you're incarcerated, books are your Google. Like books are your lifeline to the world. Um, yeah, we have TV, whatever the case may be, but that's not really getting to the heart of things. Um, and they're all outdated. If you go into the the any library right now in a prison, those books are outdated. And I'm saying, like, the best that I feel like you can do was, like, 2013. So what we did with the Freedom Library was brought in new books, new material, and gave people an access to be current and relevant when they came home. Um, So with that, that book, those books are actually coming in multiples so that the whole classroom can read them. So in the back where we have that curriculum about books that we have read, it allows us to... Stay current with situations and to be able to learn about the Black Lives Matter movement, be able to learn about um, the Ferguson uh, episodes, be able to learn about what's going on with Trump right now, even even with those. Um, And that's a that's a whole different attitude that you present. It's a whole different. um, And I hate to say it like that, but it's the only way that makes sense to me. It's a whole different threat, you know, because. The system of mass incarceration is what people make money off of. If you look at the Thirteenth Amendment, it says that you are free from slavery except when you are um, incarcerated. So, mass incarceration is modern day slavery, and they make money off of that. Just just for myself, I had a job that was going working on outside work who cleaning up things, uh, cleaning up areas, and there was actually one time where they wanted us to clean up like a homeless camp. Right? They paid me. Twenty-seven dollars a month, while they get paid fifteen hundred dollars a month. That's not including room and board. That's not including anything. So that's a different narrative that that we can talk about now. Um, so this newsletter is unique because it gives people an opportunity that are in those current positions to be heard about and for people to have an understanding about what's going on and where your tax dollars are actually being used for. Because it's not all. It's not all. Um, oh, how can I say just giggles and not baby not people are just sitting there just playing dominoes and working out and watching tv there's some people in there that want to make a difference when they come home there's people in there that view our position in our community as being powerful and as having value just as much as people that are not incarcerated and i think that's important to say is saying that we give a voice to the voiceless and that we connect community with people that are coming home yeah and and i want to
0: take a,
1: a bigger a bit wider view on all of this do I have the numbers right? 1 out of 3 adult black males is or has been incarcerated. Uh
2: that's 1 in 3 males have been incarcerated or on probation. Um so that's another that's another form of um incarceration or to keep you in the loop because you have to pay for it. So I have an ankle bracelet on. And I have to pay for that. So it's not only incarcerated but on probation or parole or post-prison supervision.
1: I mean that that's a staggering number.
2: Yeah. <laughs> staggering staggering would be like oh it's overwhelming or i didn't see that coming like i don't think it's staggering right now it's a uh it's a group it's a it's a norm it's a norm for america because that's what we were built off of and i'm not making any excuses like i have to say that part for anybody that is out there that doesn't know about a man or has met a man that has been incarcerated or has been upfront about being incarcerated is saying that i made a mistake too there was a part of that that i deserved to be punished or i deserve to have um my actions reprimanded and be able to give back to the community but in when i give back to the community i think what i do now is actually my redemption is actually my service back to the community for being locked up because i committed a robbery I have a temp robbery that they say, but I committed a robbery, was caught, and now I'm doing work as far as like giving back to families, as far as going to other places and talking about what mass incarceration is. And not not just saying like, oh, this is a bad thing, like, ah, like we didn't deserve that. No, there are people in prison that deserve to be there because we made a mistake against our community. But there's not an opportunity to rectify that opportunity because once we come home, it's a continual punishment. We're punished while we're in there. We're punished when we come home. We're punished even after we serve our time in the post-prison supervision. So when do we ever get to a position of healing? That's, that's this conversation that I would like to have.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that, that idea of how we incarcerate uh, is, is really uh, concerning and, and unnerving. I mean, the idea of voting rights, my, uh, your, your employment uh, application, whether you have to mark yeah. uh, within incarcerated it, it, it does there's a whole conversation and and so uh, it's focusing specifically on uh-huh. uh, liberation literacy. the yes. idea of trying to find something that uh, both gives a voice and gives an opportunity to to change the dialogue Most definitely. Uh, is is remarkable. I want to talk a little bit about um, so as co-founder, you somewhat serve as the editor.
2: Of This no, no, no. Let's okay. not get let's not get that misunderstood. Like when I say that this is put together by people that are incarcerated, front to back. I mean front to back. All I do is take what they present and I give it out. Not even give. Well, we take donations. Let me say that too, right? Uh. But I am not. Um. I have stepped into the role of executive executive director, and that's not. That's not like a fancy title. I don't even, I don't necessarily even tell people, like, oh, I'm executive director and things. But I mean, I have to do that on applications, I guess. But it's more so like I'm a leader. Like the next man that gets out, that's from being incarcerated, he's just as much of a leader as I am. I've just had a little bit more time on the streets and been invested in a little bit longer. That doesn't give me more say so or more value. With the with the editing, this is like I said, put together by people that are incarcerated collectively. There's not one person in there that has a higher position or a higher role than anybody else in there. We are all leaders. Are one of our well, not one of our. Our mantra is that we are the leaders that we are looking for. It's not a I type of situation. It's a us type of situation.
1: Do you worry it might get to the point of you have so many submissions and not enough uh, paper or space that you will have to make those decisions?
2: Nah, man, we're going to make this thing happen, man. We're going to (laughs) make it happen. If I can't get you on that one, I'm going to get you on the next one, man. Uh, I look forward to even um, just having that kind of a conversation with myself so just picture myself somebody that was incarcerated four and a half years that gets a submission that um i'm gonna read it too and then i'm gonna give it to the guys that are inside the guys and the ladies that are inside now i'm gonna give it to them but i'm gonna read it too so for me to read it and get empowered and get motivated to get inspired by what they write that's a different type of get down as well as, as well because it reaches different people at different times and it provokes different emotions and different um just different actions in people. So I plan to get this out, like I said, to all prisons nationwide. Like, that's the goal that I have for us is to be actually be heard and get submissions from people. Like, not only be heard, but get submissions from people all over because there are other things that are going on inside a prison that nobody knows about. And my job is to right now is to make sure that people know about what's going on while being incarcerated and try to... Well, not try to. I want to abolish <laughs> uh, prisons and create something that is more effective than just caging somebody in, um, caging somebody up, and then letting them out and tell them not to be an animal. You, you cage me like an animal and then expect me not to be an animal. Not to say that I like that there weren't moments of growth while in there, but the system that they have in place now is ineffective. So that's where I'm at.
1: So I want to talk about some of the logistics of uh, Liberation literacy. I, no I'm looking at the back page yes, of it, there we go. Uh,
2: and you have uh, a
1: list of quite quite a few books books we've read. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I think any book club would be envious of that number of books. Uh, attend a meeting credits, and then you have support from. And it's you've you've managed to pull together uh, quite a few, uh, quite a number of of people who are supporting you uh you mentioned caitlin gables who helped bring in some books
2: most definitely that, that's not even the we all, I, let me say that hey we got to do better on that <laughs> but uh, uh but we s- have a lot of support we have a lot of support from um the community like we just we worked with uh, yale union we worked with uh, the hollywood theater we worked with clinton street um theater we worked with 50 licks ice cream we worked with hannon's um food cart we worked with um, who else? Uh, so many people. Uh, we just came from K-Boo, you know, Um, last, or this week. Um, we went to Harvard. You know, we have uh, people like um Esperanza Spalding that is supporting us right now. There are there are a numerous amount of people that are supporting us. And that's because people are affected by mass incarceration. Like people think that, oh, it's only the people. So you gave me a number like one in three black males that are incarcerated okay that black male has a mom he has a he has a dad he has children um and those people are included too because you don't just do time by yourself everybody that you love or that loves you does time with you so that number increases greatly when you have just one man is really contributing probably 10 other people with him so it's a lot of people that are incarcerated not just the only man that is that i guess is in the blues or has chains around his his wrist
1: um somebody wants to get involved, uh, first Sundays, 3 to 6 p.m., you guys are meeting?
2: Yes, at the, at the Yale Union. Yale Union, it's off 10th. Um, we meet from 3 to 5. Um, and if you just want to get involved, man, we have um, a, a Gmail account. So literacy at gmail.com. That, that email will come straight to me. Uh, and I'll make sure to respond to you in a, in a timely manner. Um, so, and then I can give you more information. We have fundraisers. Um, our next event would be um, a Family Fun Day, and we're looking towards June to be um, – so any father that is incarcerated or anybody, that, father, cousin, uncle, whatever, he gives us a name of a child like, hey, these are the children that I care for or are under my care, and um, we're going to have an event where they come get face painted, come get fed, come get books, and come get um, loved on because it takes it's a it's a burden to be incarcerated and then have people that you love or children that you love and then ask for help like so we're here to, to help carry that burden um, we also have a book um, a backpack drive so when people are released all you get released with is just sweatsuits like you get a sweatshirt and a sweatpants and then like some it's, they look like Chuck Taylor's but they're not you know so that's what you get released with so right now we are, we're putting together a backpack drive for anybody that just wants to make donations it doesn't have to be new uh, it can be used Um. And anything that you feel like you can donate to a person that is just getting out, like, you don't really know what you need when you get out. Like, I'm like, okay, well, oh, I forgot it. I need socks. Okay, my bad. I didn't know. I need, uh, I need a pick. And these are just things that you don't necessarily know. I need suntan lotion. I was like, hold on. I'm black. I don't need suntan lotion. I don't know what it is. And then I had a burn on my head from being bald. So I was like, damn it. Okay, I need suntan lotion. So those are the type of things that we have in place now if you guys want to help out. Paul, you're a busy man. Yes.
1: <laughs> at, at, let me ask maybe a challenging question. But at, at some point, uh, do you want just to put uh, all of prison behind you? And and part of that would be, I mean, because in, in some ways, this project, Liberation Literacy, mm-hmm. keeps you connected.
2: Yes. Uh, which has its virtues and has its vices, I imagine. Most most definitely. And that that question isn't that challenging to me. Uh, now, let me say this part, too. We have a, um, a cafe and a bookstore that's coming out, too. So, look out for, like, the Freedom Cafe, man. We're, we're putting in the works for it. Um, but as far as the challenging to put incarceration away, that would mean that I wouldn't disown my father. My father is incarcerated. That would mean that the gentleman that I left behind, that they are that they are forgotten about. Like, as long as there is somebody that is incarcerated, I could never put incarceration behind me because we're all infected by it. Like, um, if a gentleman, just for example, I have a child. My child is going out in the streets and causing chaos. We all have to deal with that chaos. And the reason why we have some of that chaos is because that father figure is not in the home to be able to um, carry those burdens and nurture that child in a way that 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 child needs. So there's no way possible as long as there are prisons that I am not affected by incarceration or that you're not in that you're not affected by incarceration. These are problems. These are like issues, concerns. Um, These are victories. These are. Struggles that are persistent in every city in every state in the United States. This is not. This is not something that I can just put behind me because there are so people incarcerated. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I have a, I have a job, and yes, I have a family, and yes, no, I, I go inactive next month with my PO, so I don't have to check in with my PO anymore. So those, those like uh, obstacles, I would call them. Yeah, they're going away. But then again, like, how do I? I have a relative that's incarcerated that helped raise me that was a role model. Like, how do I forget about him? How do I forget about my, you know, my father? How do I get? How do I forget about um, the men that poured into me and kept me motivated while inside because they knew that I had a release date? Because there are men that don't have release dates and that they put a certain trust in me to be better than what I was. How do I forget about them? I can't. Paul Henry Grace III that's is, it. is
1: the the co-founder of Liberation Literacy and executive director. Um, it's really powerful work you're doing. Thank you for coming in and talking to us today.
2: Hey man, it wouldn't be a me without you, huh? It ain't about <laughs> me. It's about us, huh? That's what I'm with. Hey man, y'all stay nappy and happy, man. I love y'all. Anybody that's listening that is incarcerated that has the opportunity to listen, don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Keep fighting, man. And pick up a book. Do not. Allow people to distract you from your real purpose in life. This is just temporary.
0: Special thanks to Beneficial State Bank for underwriting this show. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer and editor is me, Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.